my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of HR Sound Off. Today, I wanted to do a little DIY for HR to help us to improve in our techniques and our skills, especially when it comes to recruiting, but also to help us with our personal brand. So today, I wanted to have this conversation with someone who I respect, someone who I value their input, who is a Caribbean brother, um, who can relate to some of the challenges that we experience as we navigate the LinkedIn universe, and who just breaks it all down and helps us to navigate it in a way that really benefits us and helps us to get some money in our pockets. So I want to welcome to the show today, my, my dear friend, who I've never met face-to-face other than on Zoom. Virtually, virtually. My good friend, Jared Best Mitchell. Jared, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely amazing, always good. You know me, can't ever complain. Life is too awesome. I know, right? And and it's it's so great to, to have you on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit and have this conversation with me. As I said, it's not my usual sound off session. Um, where we're talking about stuff of an HR-related matter, but we will get into some HR speak. So yes, as we get started, tell us, who is Jared Best Mitchell? Where are you from? What do you do? So hi, everybody. I'm Jared Best Mitchell. Um, as I said, I'm 36 or 37 years old, one of those ages. Um, <laughs> Stop paying attention to time this year. As you all realize, time is not a factor. That's right. Really, being specific. Um I have been in sales all my entire life. I've been working since 2006. Um, well, actually since before that, but really I'll consider my sales career from since 2006. Um, ended off my corporate career um, working as a sales manager for Samsung here in Trinidad and Tobago, growing their market base, um, just really strengthening what they're doing. And I've actually been on my own November 21st to be a year. Um, since I've been on my own and I've been doing sales training and more importantly, I've been doing training on LinkedIn. So one of the best ways I could describe myself are three words, which is sales, LinkedIn, and the color yellow. Those are my three priorities in life. <laughs> so that is one thing I was just to so those of you who are listening on the audio, sorry, you can't see it, but one way to identify me is that I always wear yellow yeah, every true. single day, it is day true. in, day out. It's the other like, thing that's like if, about this if you could team, have a national color as a person, yeah. yellow would be your national color, right? Correct. <laughs> and let me let me point out some fun, Julie, which is interesting, right? A majority of the HR professionals I've met in my life don't like me on the initial onset. Ooh. Tell majority. me why. Um, I think they don't like one. I don't have a degree. I don't plan on getting a degree. I don't see the value in a degree for me. Wow. Okay. But which goes into our topic, HR professionals are all about degree and qualifications. And I'm all about, no, I have the experience. I'm smarter than most people, not bragging, but 
I know I've done the job, so I don't plan to get a degree. Right. I learn in other ways, but sitting down in a classroom, my attention span, my brain doesn't work that way. Right. So, and then because I'm very energetic and outspoken, mm-hmm. most HR professionals always find that very, like, I remember, what? like, yeah, like, I, I always remember in one particular case, there was an HR lady. She would always have an issue with how I would dress and work. This is when I used to work Digicel. So that's before I used to wear, like, all my yellow. Like, when I would go out during the weekdays, after work, I would wear yellow. During work, I would wear just anything crazy. So I, I would never wear a black pants. Right. But I have a red pants, an orange pants, a blue pants, uh-huh. anything that's bright in color. And she would say, that's not professional. I'm like, are you the customer that's buying? I don't mm-hmm. think so. And mm-hmm. the customers who buy in have no issues with the pants. Right. They love it, actually. Yeah. And I'll send you some reviews. So mm-hmm. they, would, they would hate that factor about me. And then after a while, they all understood where I was coming from. And they realized that I was just being authentically me. I, I have no other way how, to understand how to operate except being me. Yeah. So it's always funny when they, they meet me at first because I, I always think at the end, in a couple of months, they're going to love me. Yeah. And, it, they don't and, know and it that yet. always happens to be true. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, they don't know it yet. Yeah. They don't, just don't know it. They just don't know it. They don't know what they're missing. Yeah, yeah. They don't but know. They don't know. Hopefully, as we have this conversation, they will understand it and they will appreciate it a bit more. Yeah. I'm hyped about this conversation because you're right. Um, I honestly think uh, a space that is not utilized effectively by by hr by um by hr professionals is linkedin yes and and again let's go back to the original point and i mentioned this in a talk i had earlier hr hr professionals rely on qualifications and stuff but at the end of the day the only way to make yourself stand out is by actually demonstrating what you can do and that's what a platform like linkedin is yes so for example you can't just be um Jared Best Michel, S, I think it is what S H R M or whatever the other titles and yes. stuff are like. That doesn't really that doesn't really paint a picture. It says no. a qualification, but it doesn't say what your expertise is, which I think is a big difference. Yes. And and that's why I think, like for anybody who's in HR listening here, like this is the platform where you need to be on to showcase your skill set. Like this yes. is the platform where you need to be vocal to talk about what it is that you can do. So just talk about the achievements that you've been doing in, in, yeah. in, as yourself or for your organization. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really is the best platform. And again, just simply because of the numbers, the people that are paying attention to this platform, mm-hmm. you're missing out if you're not active on it. Yes, absolutely. Like, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I've learned from you is the importance of understanding data. And yeah. I know that there are over 600 million people on LinkedIn right now. And Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. It's more than that. It's gone up. It's 720 million. 720 now. million. Okay. So over. Yeah. Good. This year, I think this year, just because of the, with the pandemic and everything, LinkedIn added about 40 million users because at the start of 2020, uh-huh. it was at 680. And now it's at around 720. Okay. So we're at 720 million users actively on LinkedIn, not actively because a lot of them are not active. No. Especially from the Caribbean. Yeah. Now, I saw a chart that I used in a presentation a couple of weekends ago where it showed that Barbados is very much on the bottom of the user spectrum for LinkedIn for, ca- for the Caribbean countries. So above us is Trinidad is above. There are more users from Trinidad. There are more users from Jamaica. 
more users from the Domin Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Barbados is somewhere oh, okay. close to mm, somewhere I, close to the bottom. There aren't that many of Barbadians using LinkedIn. But then in addition to that, of the 18 million HR professionals that are on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. there are only 1,500 people, I think between 15 to 1,800 of them are in Barbados. And then on Toho, I think about 1.4 million of them are in the Caribbean altogether. Wow. But not properly utilizing LinkedIn. That's, that's what my research of two weekends ago was telling me. Right. So what, let me, why, let me, what, let me break do it down. That is? Let, let me break down something. So I think Barbados LinkedIn numbers compared to other countries is not bad because Barbados Barbados LinkedIn users, I think you're close to 100,000 LinkedIn profiles. Yes. The population of Barbados is how much again? It's um close to 300,000. Which is excellent because when you look at that 30% ratio, that is not bad because right. when you break, so if you break it down by user population, it's quite interesting. So in uh -huh. Trinidad's case, we would only be 20% of our population because we had 400,000 users right. for 1.5 million population. Mm. I would still say that's like 20, 25%. Right. Jamaica is way under. So even though Jamaica has like 450,000 plus, right. we have a 2.3 million population. population. So we have way less people. Yeah. And let's point this out. If you're from Jamaica, naughty, naughty on you HR professionals because I've heard from reliable sources uh -huh. that HR professionals in Jamaica do not see the value of LinkedIn. No. I am I, I, I was I absolutely to, shocked in that. I have to agree. There are so I have been making a concerted effort, especially to reach out to my HR community. And I must say that of all the places that I get no response when I can when I make a connection request, Jamaica is at the top of my list. Very non-responsive when it comes to reaching out and making connections with HR professionals from Jamaica. My big and they have some Jamaicans. Off. They have some Jamaicans on LinkedIn doing it real big right now. Like yes. there's um Terry Christopher Sun Noons. So like I know Terry Carell, but like when I talk about certain individuals, Terry Carell is doing an amazing job. She is. The the PR chick, I can't remember her name, her full name. Um, oh, but I yeah. know that's it. Right then, there's Christoph Christopher Sun Noons. I think mm -hmm. is his full name. He mm -hmm. he has a marketing agency. Then there's Joel. Not Moncardum or something. I can't remember his last name, but right. he does great work as well on the platform. And I just some of the people like, yes. But again, the, all of those persons aren't in HR. No, they're everywhere. They're everywhere every other. but HR. But here's the reason why, though. Here's the interesting thing, right? Yes, LinkedIn has seven hundred plus million people, but only three percent of persons are actually active, active on the profile, and even a smaller percentage actually creates content. Yes. The biggest challenge I see with persons is that they don't understand what to put out. Yeah. And then the other thing which I realized with some of the clients that I work with, which I think people don't grasp, is that they don't want to put out content and get victimized. No. Which I think is BS. Yeah. I don't think you'll get victimized. I also think too that people don't understand how to not necessarily storytell, but strip and forgive me if I'm wrong, because I'm not good in, in English either. They they don't know how to how to strip the 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 pronouns or the whichever one you do he she whoever it is yes. they don't know how okay. to strip that strip it so like so like 
I would meet persons who say they have no content and I would ask them questions about their day and they would tell me. And then I would say, if you say it like this, which is the same story yes. with no company name, no, no gender, no details, you could still sell an efficient story that provides value to your audience. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, that's a key thing that persons don't understand because mm-hmm. I get it. A lot of HR professionals, based on what they do, based on the things that they handle, it is confidential, yes, but yes. it is a way to talk about it for your industry to provide the value. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about that because I mm-hmm. think you hit the nail on the head that a lot of HR professionals struggle with, you know, how to cover their content. So like a lot of HR professionals that I do follow who are very active on LinkedIn and they speak a lot towards um, like for example, agile HR. No, I talk. I talk from what about agile HR, but for me, I talk a lot about creating people first cultures and why creating a people first culture in an organization matters. And I, yep. I strip it down from the human aspect. So I'm always coming from the human aspect. Why do we talk to people this way? Why are we not asking people what they want? Why are we not asking people to give us honest feedback? Or when we get constructive feedback, why do we get all antsy about it? And come from a place of giving data, of understanding the metrics that you are working with from an HR perspective. There are lots of things we can talk about. Absenteeism, presenteeism. Why don't we have FMLA policies, meaning family leave policies in the Caribbean? Why are we still so focused on people filling in a vacation form as opposed to trusting adults that we've hired to take vacation when they need to take it? Trust lacks in a lot of organizations, yeah, but... Here's, here's the interesting thing. What you mentioned there, all of those topics, to me, sounds like things that are your pet peeve, things that irk you, things that when you see it, you're like, oh gosh, this is still happening. And that's what I think people don't recognize, that that is literally your topic. So like, yes. you, so like this is how I would look at it, right? You may be representing an organization. Something happens, but then you have to look at it in a broader scope because you know it's happening elsewhere. And that's how you could bring across the topic. Yes. So what you have to talk about is what you see happening and then what you need to talk about is the possible solutions. And that's yes. how you provide your knowledge to your audience. But more importantly, it shows off your expertise and it shows off you as being somebody that could think and understand what's happening in the industry. Yeah. Right. And then more importantly, if you could actually point people to the right direction, like here's an interesting thing. I always tell people listen to certain segments. So like lawyers, accountants, um, insurance agents, HR, HR professionals. You want to create content, then speak English for me. So in other words, take everything that's complicated in HR that employees should be caring about and speak about it in English. Yes. Then take everything that employers need to consider and break it down into English. So stop using the jargon terms. That's something I always see people do because like, again, I was talking to a client, I was asking them about their day and they told me a jargon. I'm like, it was an insurance advisor. And they told me, I I was October. It's like, yeah, it was good because I actually closed a big case. Check me. A case of soft drink? A case of beers? What's a case? I was like, take it and say it in English because that's what people are going to understand. Exactly. And that day is your content. Like, you don't even need to have, you don't even need to explain what's going on in your company. You can literally take every HR term and break it down into English. So you as an employee, what are your rights as an employee? Work from home. Mm -hmm. Break that down into English. Then do a second segment of when you mean work from home from employers, these are the types of policies you could do and break it down into English for them so that therefore yeah. 
your employees could understand it yeah. and they could understand how easy it is to implement because sometimes for some organizations, depending on the size, the terminology is too complicated for them. Yeah. And by you explaining it in English, guess what they're going to do? Julie, I saw your article about X and Y. Wanted to have a chat with you more on it because you know what? Our organization needs help. Yes. Business. Exactly. exactly. That's the easiest way to create content. Just exactly. explain it in English. Yeah. That's, what, and that's why I think my advantage comes from like, if you like, if anybody watches my content, if you notice something with me, Julie, I'm very specific with words simply because I don't have much of them. <laughs> like that is it. So like, if you notice, I say <laughs> awesome, amazing. Yes. There's certain words you always see me use. Why? Yes. I'm not a fancy person. Same here. I use the those words. you ever see me use something with like five and six syllables, <laughs> you know somebody writes in my post for me. That will <laughs> never be me. From the time you see yeah. a fancy word pop up, it is not you. Listen, my wife and all like if she ever hear fancy would she still don't watch me. You was reading today? Check me. <laughs> I keep it simple because I want I want to make sure everybody could understand. understand. And that's the key thing. So like, so if you're in HR, I'm telling you, every I don't care how much people you think are in in your industry, and I keep proving this to people. I could speak to 1,500 HR people individually, and I could give you individual content for each of you. Yes. Because your DNA, how you are, is what makes the difference. Exactly. And that's why I think, and, and that's why I believe it's so easy to create the content. Once it gets into yeah. that habit, it's there for you. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. I mean, like, okay, so let's talk about, in the first instance, you, you've mm -hmm. never created content before. What's the easiest way you can get quick wins on LinkedIn if you have not created content? You haven't used your profile in a while. You now want to establish your personal brand. I always say to people like comment, share, because I feel like comments are like many pieces of content. Yeah. What is your advice? So my thing with it now is that engagement is key. Like that's my secret sauce. If you notice with me, I, I always do my effort to spend the most amount of time engaging. Mm -hmm. So even if you can't create content, it means that I need to see you engaging just as much on the platform with key people in the industry having those conversations, especially on topics that are important, right? The other thing which I would, so I would go back to one thing and tell persons, at least have your profile optimized first. Yes. So make sure your profile is there where somebody could understand the value that you bring. Right. That is the first key and most important aspect, I think. I agree. So even if you can't create content, at least if I look at your profile, mm -hmm. it will give me a chance of contacting you because I see something that resonates with me and what I need at the point in time. I agree. Right. Mm -hmm. If it is that I can't create content, I, I, again, as I said, engage, engage, engage. Uh, HR community is a large one on LinkedIn. Yes, it is. And again, because of the services that you provide, you don't have to look at Barbados. You don't have to look at the Caribbean. Exactly. I think I was mentioning this to you when we spoke. Like we are in a position now, especially this year, especially now when people understand the value of remote services, you could be putting your services out there for the world. Yes. Not just Barbados, not exactly. just the Caribbean, not just the country that you're in. You need to look outside because what you probably offer in price is probably way less than what other people are charging in their home country and you have an advantage, exactly. right? If you're trying to figure out what type of content to put out, my thing I always recommend to persons is you always have to do an introduction video. I think it's, and people might think that that's overdone. No, because everybody's introduction is different. Yes. What I would say my introduction video is different from what Julie would say, is different from what anybody else would say. So you have to introduce yourself to the audience just saying, hi, my name is John Doe. I am an HR professional for the last 15 years. 
And one of the fields that I specify in is A, B, and C. And what I really love to do in the HR profession is this, or what is really my, my goal for this year, especially with the HR profession is X and Y. So feel free to follow me on this page because you're going to see me putting out a lot of content with regards to HR. And if there's anything in the field that you may, you may need to know, send it to me in a question and I may answer it for you. Yeah. Right? You could do that as a text, put a picture of yourself so people can identify you on your face and your brand. And you can put it out as video, which is my favorite form of communication. Yeah. But the key thing is to put it out there. Yes. Right? And then the last thing I always tell persons, and I did this in a video recently, stop thinking about what other people will say. Because a lot of people don't put out videos. Like, again, other clients and I to book them because I told them we're going to do a video today. And they're like, Jared, my voice isn't nice to know. And I'm like, who told you that? Mm-hmm. And there was silence. I was like, sounds like yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, but let me tell you something. I know a ton of people with radio quality voices. And you know where they are? Not anywhere on social media. So you have to listen to my ugly voice. <laughs> I have the advantage. There are a bunch yeah. of good looking people on social media. Right? Not on social media. Who in the world? And they're not on mm-hmm. social media talking about the same profession that you're in. Yeah. So you know what? My ugly, crookedy, crooked nose, thinning, hairline face is going to be on video. I do not care. Because none of the comments speak towards that. Right. And I always give them the challenge. If you get a negative comment, I give you $100. But if you get leads and opportunities, you have to give me $100. Yeah. Because I know the benefits of the platform. Yes. So you, you, have to, you have to get over those insecurities no matter what and understand that by you not putting out content, you are robbing your audience of your value. You are yes. being selfish. Absolutely. That's what I want you to think of. You're really, really selfish. Yes. If you don't think or you think that I'm not going to put out something because I have some insecurity or fear. Yeah. Being selfish. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, that really speaks to what I really wanted to tap into next as it relates to your personal brand as an HR professional making that connection with your company's brand. So especially mm-hmm. as you go to recruit, I see that a lot of HR professionals do not seem to be able to make that connection. But if you are working in an organization as an HR professional, you have that direct opportunity up front to share content about what your organization is doing, what you love about working in your organization. And a lot of people's organizations are doing really great things. And even if you just took a picture and covered that piece, you are speaking to why it is great to work here. The other thing is that you're tapping into the fact that people will buy into you as the HR professional because normally you're the first point of contact for the interview. You start the Correct. candidate experience that eventually leads to the employee experience. Correct. What do you think so, about that? Absolutely agree. And let me explain why this is so important, especially on LinkedIn. There's two things about LinkedIn people I think don't realize. LinkedIn does not like companies. As in, if you look at company pages, the engagement they have on their pages Very are almost, low. Listen, Ogilvy has, was the first marketing agency to have a million followers. They would post something and get like 50 likes with a million followers. Yeah. Like LinkedIn doesn't care. LinkedIn values the individual. individual. And LinkedIn values when the individual creates. Yeah. That is something real important I think people miss out on. Yeah. So, and it's something I keep speaking about. So if you as an HR professional, and I'm, I'm seeing it with, um, I can't remember the person's name, so I don't want to say it wrong, but there's a, a young lady in Anson McCall Group. She will start building a big following just now simply because every time the company has a vacancy, that's her post. You don't, even, you don't even need to say anything. Yes. You can build a powerful following with that alone. 
just putting out the vacancies that's going on there. Yes. And again, just as you mentioned, Julie, talking about your organization's culture is extremely powerful because yes. by you having a presence there on LinkedIn, let's look at a couple of big things that happen. You attract your ideal clients, your ideal yes. candidates. That's the most important. When you attract your ideal candidates, it means that you could potentially reduce your cost by hiring outside agencies to find that ideal candidate. Absolutely. Right? Oh, when yeah. You put, like, preach that's it, preach it, because that's that is my number one market. thing there. <laughs> right? Yes. When you start doing that now, as you say, you start putting highlights on other aspects of your organization. So you start positioning the organization in a premier, in a premium status versus all the other organizations who yeah. aren't online. Right? So now you have the upper hand advantage of attracting everybody towards you. More importantly, this sets up your stage for anything that you want to do afterwards if you leave the organization or getting towards ahead in the organization. Yes. Because just by you being that person that's out there in the forefront, the company most likely asks you to do additional stuff. Because at the end of the day, they can't really stop you from posting. Like, and here's the interesting thing. If you work for an organization, and I, and I stress this to companies, you do not, you do not, as an organization, you do not own your employee's LinkedIn profile. No. You have no rights over it. Say that again, Jared. Say that again, please. For the people in the back, the the, the <laughs> way in the back, the can't hear you. Say that again for them. For the companies who are who, who have their employees on LinkedIn, you do not own their profile. You cannot dictate what they post. However, let me stress this to you. By every single employee in your organization being on LinkedIn, that increases your organization's value in sales, in marketing, in brand awareness, and in who they attract as ideal candidates. Because by those persons being expressive in anything, not just talking about what's going on in the company, they generally attract persons to the organization. Yeah. So I think that's what companies need to look at. So if I have, if I have an employee who is posting all the vacancies, guess what? And, and she could prove to me that they're getting leads from there. What do you think I can do next time? Hey, how are you going? You could just post something for me, please. If you don't want to post it, it's okay. Exactly. But I just want to say thank you for posting it. Yes. Right? And that is unboosted. You don't have to boost that content, nothing. Right? So no. from that content alone, people screenshot, share it, tag a person, etc. Exactly. You find in your ideal candidate. Absolutely. I once did a post, right? Because if you think about this, Matt, call out an organization for me, Julian Barbados, which might have a large employee base. Uh, flow. Flow. How many employees they might have? Oh, they may have over a thousand. Over a thousand. So let's assume Flow has a vacancy that they put out. Doesn't matter what level of the organization, they just have a vacancy. And out of those a thousand employees, let's just say 200, not even five. Let's just say 20% of those employees take that same post in their own words and just say, we're looking for somebody in this department and everybody posts it on LinkedIn, right? The average person on LinkedIn has a minimum of 200 connections. Let's go with that, Matt. You can yeah. imagine that, that you know, there's called a signal boost. That's a signal boost going out to the whole yeah. country of Barbados. Waiting that happen. Everybody coming running. They get a flood of vacancies. They get a flood of opportunities. Yeah. yeah. And then it showcases your organization in a positive way because when you have so many people eager for people to come and work, you'll be like, but this place great. You have employees posted on LinkedIn without you having to tell them. Exactly. Come on. Wow. Like it's just powerful. Yeah, if you work out that mats in your head, you're not going to get attraction. If you put, like, yes, it might get if, if you place put it in the paper. But nah, that yeah. direct word of mouth and especially the type of candidates you're looking for, depending on the role, 
you would never, never get like that day alone yeah. is a huge, powerful thing. Absolutely. Because for me, the only thing I right, let, let's play, let's just be a little fair to the organization. I would still poke a little bit and ask everybody in HR at least to post a vacancy on their LinkedIn profile. At least yeah. do that for us. Right. Right. And then other people in your organization might do it because you might have a friend who in accounting who see a post it and they will share it. Yeah. But at least everybody in the HR department should do it. And it's just at the organization level. Yeah. So that traction there alone again. You we can't pay for that. Can't. It is truly can't. invaluable. Absolutely. It's one of the best things ever. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. So to my HR community, to the HR professionals listening to this show right now, right this minute, what advice would you give them? Um, in addition to all the amazing advice that you've given right now, but when it comes to utilizing LinkedIn as a recruiter, what advice would you give them? Learn to build your personal brand, as weird as it sounds. And be, you need to be active and with anything you need to give the value. Because if I'm, if I'm a recruiter, remember what I want to be is the most present. It's like, I think I mentioned this to you before, right? This is, and I'm going to break it down in a macro and then, and then break it down small for everybody. Right. I always tell people LinkedIn for me is real estate. It's like free land that you could grab, but it's in the most prime spot in your country. Yeah. The only difference is that people just grabbing land and they're not building houses. Right. So what I always tell persons is that is no, no, is a humble brag. I have the biggest house, right? In Trinidad. Right? There are other people who have big houses, but you want to make sure that your house is still the one of the ones that are most present, that is most noticeable. Because just having a piece of land alone is not enough. Yes. So if I'm a recruiter, I want to be the loudest and the most polite manner, not being loudest like arrogant. That's right. being loudest as in, I want to be the first person that people come to yes. when it is that they want to find somebody for their organization. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do. So by being visible, being active and putting content out there, is naturally going to get recruiters to come to you and say, help me find someone because that's what happens to me. Like I like indirectly, I helped my partner find a job as a sales manager in an organization. And and he and so he he ended up going with another company, but the same organization was like Jared, that one fell through. But you have anybody else? And I'm just thinking, look at me doing this for free. Wow. And I'm like, so you have the opportunity now to position yourselves. The only challenge now is that. Again, the recruiters aren't putting out the content. They aren't putting out the information to get them noticed. Right. And this is why I mentioned that personal brand is so important. Yes. Because, and this is, this is, what, I, this is what I make mention to persons. People hear personal brand and think it's a gimmicky thing or it's something like a popularity contest. Yes, no. not. Let me explain what personal brand is. Personal brand is the reason why you don't have to go and look for a job. Let me explain that for you for 2020. For everybody who got fired and then have to scramble and then now manually have to call everybody, your personal brand would have made everybody call you if anything happened. Yes. And that's why being known, that's why putting information out there, that's why being vocal on platforms, that's why sharing your knowledge yes, and yes. being known for something in your industry. And if you don't do that, then you're going to struggle. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference of why you want to set up the personal brand. And I, and I want to add, I just want to, sorry, uh, for mm -hmm. cutting you. I, I want to add here why 
this matters, especially in the space yeah, yeah. of HR, because I'll, because of building my brand the way that I have, people come to me on LinkedIn and ask me, Julie, will you speak here? Could you could you cover yep. talk about this topic? You know, we're interested in doing this project. Would you be interested in working with us on this? And that happens because of building your brand on on these kind of platforms, but particularly LinkedIn. So if you yep. think as an HR professional, what you do is too boring, you don't know how to put it out there um, so that people can see you better. Jared is the man to go to, to give you that help and that guidance and that advice. But in addition to that, you're wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. You're, <laughs> you're dead wrong. I am living proof and there are other HR professionals like me who use LinkedIn to earn their bread and butter and we make it work. No, let's, 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 get, let's, get, let's get some interesting stats, right? Do One it, of the most followed persons on LinkedIn in the world is a Trinidadian by the name of Bridget Hyacinth. Bridget Hyacinth. Who talks on HR and leadership. She does, I wouldn't say it's like, I wouldn't say it's HR stuff, but she talks on the more human side with yes. them and the more leadership. But again, what she does is talk consistently. Yeah. Right? You could literally put value in one sentence for your audience every single day. Doesn't have to be a paragraph or essay. One sentence could add value. Once exactly. you're consistent with it, you provide that value. Mm -hmm. Like that alone. Um, Kirsty Bonner, who sadly passed away this yeah. year, another huge, like, and you know what you said like about Kirsty, especially down, like coming down to the end, they started realizing like stuff was just pissing her off. Yes. Like a lot of her stuff was rant, and people yes. loved it because it was. Yes. And that's why I said like the victimization didn't matter because this is something I tell people the internet made the world flat. I don't think you could victimize against somebody because I could go anywhere and yeah. do anything. Yeah. I don't, the other one now is Liz Ryan. I know a lot of people follow her. A lot of people might not be aware, but Liz Ryan does a lot of great stuff, especially with regards to advice for recruiters and job seekers. Yes. Yeah. So like she is narrowed in a niche. And the thing is, I, was, I, I explained this to people. When you find a niche, people think it's bad because you might alienate your other clients. No. What you have done now is that you have let people who you aren't even aware exist know that you do exist. Yes. So you're thinking, if I niche, I only get in 10. No, bro. You didn't even realize that I have a thousand, 10,000 exactly. people in this niche. Exactly. You just never spoke to them directly. Exactly. Exactly. So, if, so like, all majority of Liz Ryan posts are job seeker related and career advice related, specific. Yes. It's not a broad sort of topics like HR practices and this. No, I speak specifically about this. Yes. And there's more than enough content yeah. there's more than enough in the hr space that people can niche down and talk about things separately like i said because my focus is just people and culture and why we should humanize the workplace that's all but i talk about the world the world today has gotten to an extent where we could customize and speak about everything yeah why it's why i stress on persons like like i'm sure if i search because i know a couple of people who love yellow even more than i do i'm sure there's somebody who probably you know, like when CNN goes on air, they will tell you, we, we found an expert on the color yellow. Like, they, you could, you could, specify, you could, you could yes. specialize in anything. Like, and the thing is, people have the attention span for it now versus long ago because there's so much difference now. Yeah. Like, yes. right now, and this is like a side topic, but just to show you how, how unique people's attention now. There's a guy who works, I think, Cold Stone Creamery or one of those ice cream places who has millions of users on TikTok and all he's doing is making ice cream. Wow. That's all his videos are. Why? Because nobody was making ice cream before. Yeah. Just niche on this specific thing. Uh-huh. 
What are you being specific about? Yeah. But yet at the same time, why aren't you putting the information out there? Out there. In our blog, podcast, anything on LinkedIn. Anything. It's there. Yeah. The opportunity is there. People's attention for listening to all types of content now is, is there. there. Are you not putting yourself out there? Like, sorry to say, anybody who thinks LinkedIn right now is, is not a place like they could get value from, real sorry for you. Yeah, I am you're... so sorry. Yep. That train is going. It is a very it's popular ahead. And trust me, a lot of it is low-hanging fruit. Yes. Because people are just waiting. Mm-hmm. So you might think it's not worth it. There are a lot of other people who right now have made it a career. Yes. Yes. And you're just missing the opportunity for sure. Huge. Jared, thank you so much for sharing that. Tell hey. Tell the audience, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think that they would be able to benefit from? I know you read a lot of books Um, on sales and marketing, but I know you also read other things, watch other things, listening to other stuff. I like, I only watch shows on like HGTV. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. Like flip or flop and like, like reading, actually, I'm actually watching a book here. It's on Michael Porter's competitive strategy. Okay. Which is a nice, interesting book. Um, because I like I, I mostly read sales, but like I'll, I'll touch and base on a couple of marketing books because I find that really is, is packing more creativity and allows you to think differently. Yeah. Um, but for me, um, besides that, I'll always listen to different podcasts, episodes, etc. But that's it for me right now. I've actually slowed down how many books I've read this year. I feel ashamed. I think that book I'm looking at is probably only 13 or 14 for the year. Okay. Which is which is bad. Normally I, I would at least cross 20. Okay. To the year. But yeah. that that's that's essentially it in terms of what I'm reading right now. Good. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. Thank you. What so are you much. reading now? What am I reading right now? I am reading, what is it right here? It is next to me. Yes. I am reading Rebel Talents. Ooh. This is what I'm reading right now. Why you know, it I, you pays, know I like it because it's yellow. Yes. Why the, exactly <laughs> why it pays to break the rules and work. Um, to break the rules at work and in life. And it's by Francesca Gino. Um, I love this book because it is helping you to recognize the importance of the talent that you have within your organization, but it is also helping you to find different ways to harness talent from the outside as well. But your untapped talent is usually within your organization and why it's important not to follow the status quo I'm an HR rebel, so I'm, I'm always seeking for ways to, to break the mold when it comes to you yep. know, creating a people-first culture. And sometimes you have to break, you definitely have to break the mold to do that now because we've become too process-driven in HR. And I'm not about that. Yeah, and you see, that's, and this, is why, this is why HR professionals need to build the brand. So, and I was stressing this here because... I always say two things I always think are important. Like I always tell persons nothing happens until a sale is made. But I also understand that personal brand is slightly above sales because a lot of HR processes are being automated right now. A lot of them. Yes. So it doesn't matter what qualifications and stuff you have. If it can be automated, it don't matter. So my thing is you have to be out there building your brand to show that you can provide that personalized experience versus the machine. Mm-hmm. And if it is that, again, if it is that you're not out there, 
plenty of HR professionals won't even pick up the phone to call a company. So you just, again, you're just missing out on so much opportunities. Exactly. Because when I speak to, so like, and let's talk about it. Like, so for Jamaica's economy, and we're we, we stressing them because, again, we know that they are some of the ones who don't stress on it. Their economy was affected by the coronavirus, especially in tourism. Yeah. So a lot of people out of jobs, especially HR professionals. Mm -hmm. But how do you go about trying to get a job? You're going to submit your resume along with everybody else who has the same exact qualifications. Exactly. Every how person do you stand Google, apart. Every person Googles you. They can't find you. You have no blog. You have no information. They have nothing on you online. How are they going to differentiate you from the others? Yes. Right? Then they always shock when one person gets a job because that person probably networked. They probably still made a call. So if you're not doing any of these things, guys, like... Trust me, you can make your LinkedIn profile be your billboard that stands exactly. out from everybody else. Your LinkedIn exactly. profile is your house That's on the right. most prime prestige land where persons are trying to get attention on. Yes. And we re you really need to do better. And this this is why you're here. This is yeah. why we are, this is why we are episode 50, my friend. <laughs> the episode to help HR professionals be have a digital presence on the most important platform there is right now for, for being on digital absolutely of everything else you could be on you could you could have your facebook it doesn't matter like i was still persons honestly think linkedin is just the most important place you need to be for your career absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree with you more so let me ask you this in your yes. experience with hr as you've worked in organizations what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about hr now i know a lot of stuff is true but Based on your experience, what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about HR that you want to set the record straight on right now based on your interactions with HR? Um, I would say a lot of people think HR have it, have it easy. So even though we just talk about all the processes that are in place, honestly, think organized companies don't make it easy enough for the HR organization to focus on the human side. Yeah. So I think the misconception is that HR is stiff and they're robotic, but that's honestly because it's hard for them to, to take care of the other challenges in the organization because, mm -hmm. let, let's put it this way, some, some HR professionals hate when companies are hiring because they don't have the hiring process automated, at least the resume part. So they have to spend their day combing through hundreds of resumes and yeah. still take care of the task. Yeah. So you might think your HR people are dismissive, but in all honesty, I can tell you that they literally just don't have the time so sometimes add the yeah. human aspect of the HR into it. And I think, honestly, that's why some of you all actually get frustrated and leave to do stuff on your own. Mm -hmm. Because especially in the organization you're in, if you become anonymous in a process, it's just, honestly, not the type of person you are. Exactly. So that, that honestly, I think might probably be the biggest misconception I think people have with HR. Absolutely. I, I could not agree with you more. And I thank you for sharing that because... Sometimes we just don't have the bandwidth, especially if you are a department of one and you think about all of the different functions that are carried out by HR and recruitment is just one piece. One piece. One piece of a very, very big pie that you're asking someone to take on, take the charge of, especially considering the amount of employees the organization may have. So I think a lot of people don't understand that there's a specific ratio of HR to employees. Yeah. And when you don't have that, you are setting up your HR department for failure. And you really need to step back and really focus on where you can give that person 
yeah, the necessary yeah. resources that they need to help them get the bandwidth to do all the things that are required. So I thank you so much for no, no, agreed. clearing up that misconception for sure. Thank you. Yes. The only thing, let me actually say, and let, let me let me be let me be um let me be myself and say, let me say some of the things that I think they need to change. Let's in hear it. HR. So my thing is, of course, they need to stop looking at qualifications and look at abilities yeah. to do a job. Yeah. Like yeah. that to me, like that to me, I think is the most important aspect. The other thing I think that has to change right now, especially actually, no, not change. Here's a suggestion I have because I realized, and this is a topic I was going to write about on LinkedIn. Okay. I realized discrimination in ageism is happening a lot in the recruitment process recently. Yeah. But I blame both persons because I know a colleague. He's a he's of a, a C level executive in, in IT, mm-hmm. um, who's who's on the hunt right now because he he got for, um he got retrenched in his job as the company restructured everything with COVID. Okay. And my issue, he says that when you know he applies to jobs, they always tell you over experience, over experience. But my thing with companies yeah. is that why companies don't state what the salary is to immediately qualify persons in or out. Yeah. The other thing I have now is that. Why don't those same individuals who are applying? Because the first thing I asked my, my colleague was, why don't you lower your salary expectations? And I'm like, no, because I, I accustomed making this. I was like, yeah, but nobody accustomed to COVID. Exactly. And you very well know that organizations now don't have the budget to pay you what you are accustomed paying. So why don't you lower your expectations? Because my thinking is this. I would rather have some salary than no salary. No salary. And this person out of work since February. Okay. So you rather have zero salary than some salary? Exactly. Like That's crazy. So I, I blame both sides for it. Yes. But at the same time, I honestly think, um, I think honestly for HR, if they really want to have a better position with some jobs, I think especially I wouldn't say yes. I wouldn't say C level. I say like mid management and basic entry level positions. Put the salary one time. Yeah. Just put it. Yeah. I mean, funny people. thing is. You know, government institutions, like whenever government is recruiting, I, they always put the salary range. So yep. I don't understand why if government can put the salary range, why other, why, you know, public, private sector organizations don't. I'm always confused thing. as well. And then the thing is like finding your salary online is not hard. You've got Glassdoor, Payscale. There are so many places Everything. that you can go to find your salary range. So it makes more sense for you to say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is the salary that I'm willing to pay, but it is negotiable. And this is, these are the benefits that I'm offering. That way it makes it easy. You've also reduced the application process. And yep. start to get more niche down. You get more specific candidates because there are people who will apply, who are willing to work with whatever you put there. And the people yep. who aren't will, will do this. But why set yourself up to have all of that there in front of you and then you can't even take the best of the talent and and all of that is exactly how you could put it in a linkedin post because for me like imagine now so like let's bring it back because i know the topic is linkedin and everything right so if if you're hr recruiter listening to this and you work for an organization right now you have a unique opportunity where by just posting those vacancies being active on the platform Talking things that are that are affecting the HR industry in the whole, yeah. or just your country in the whole, you have an opportunity to position yourself and in turn your organization as an ideal place to work because you're positioning your expertise yes. more than anyone else. Exactly. There's the other factor too. We just mentioned it that 
very few HR professionals are talking. Yeah. So if anybody's listening to this, decide to be the person to talk, like you decide, you know what, after this podcast, I'm going to talk. Yeah. You're probably going to be one of the few who are actually doing it. Yeah. What's going to happen is that you have more ears listening to you. Yes. Right? Especially as you get more country specific. If you want any other reason to be talking about, to be um, active on LinkedIn, that should be it. Absolutely. Right? If you're an individual, the same thing applies because as an individual, you're probably looking at contracts with smaller organizations or as many organizations as possible to provide your services. Yes. Which means that you need to be just as active on the platform. Yeah. You need to be showcasing your results that you're getting for organizations to literally say, hey, um, my skill set is helping um, small organizations who are starting up to have their HR processes in place. Talk about things that people should, should uh, that aren't. Talk about things that people don't have that they should have in place that end up tripping them up in the future. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could go on and on for topics that I'm not even and you're in HR. Not even in HR. There you like, go. I, it's endless. The content possibilities are endless. Endless. This is the same thing that I talk about all the time. So come on, HR. Time. Let's get better. At and I'm telling this you, you free need to be there. You need to be. Listen, it's like, and, and this, this is what irks me is like, is like you have, and when I mean you, I mean HR, like you have such a huge opportunity for your industry to, to showcase it because every industry is marking out their space individually on a platform. No industry, I think, like this is somewhere. After sales, the other important industry right now is HR. Reason why is that as economies are coming back up and starting back up, you want to make sure and be present to find the best resources. Yes. Right? One, if you work for organization. Two, if it is that you're HR consultant, you want to make sure that as companies are building back up and they're looking for a consultant, you can be the one who's hired. Yeah. That's why you need to be active. Like, Absolutely. I could, this, those two reasons alone, again, is like, that's where, this is where you need to be right exactly. now. And for those of you who might be mistaken, I'm, I, like, I look at my stats every day. The second highest category I have in people who view my content are always executive directors, managing directors, founders. Yes. C-level execs. Yes. Decision makers are lurkers. They don't engage with content. They absorb it. They look at it. If it's important, they get somebody to reach out to you. Exactly. So you need to make sure and take the opportunity now to position yourself, especially as things are, I would say, in the next three to six, in the next three to six months are going on immense and improving. You don't want to decide in July to now start doing it. You're yes. going to miss out. That train is exactly. gone. And the two, three HR professionals who started doing it already have all the business you were hoping you are to get. And if you know me, hope is a negative word. So that means you've already lost. <laughs> lost. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Jared, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your insights with us on in the sample today. Really appreciate your My time. pleasure. Can you please tell the beautiful people listening to this podcast where they can find you on social media so that they can get their LinkedIn profile together. Yes. So of course you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search Jared Best Michelle. One word, you would find it. Um, you could also message me directly on my website as well. Or you can Google me and you would find all my contact info, including the number to call me. Just put in Jared Best Michelle Trinidad or just Jared Best Michelle and you would find me. Yes. I've made it easy for people to search me if they want to do business. Yes, you have. Right? And of course, um, again, I love to help people with their LinkedIn profiles. But more importantly, what I help you do is find your voice. Yes. And understand how you uh, what you can say on the platform. Like That is a key thing that I actually enjoy more than anything else. Yes. Building the profile is easy. Helping you find the voice is where I truly find my joy. Yes. All awesome. right? So if you're interested, send me a message. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me in this sound booth. And I look forward to having you again at some point in time because I feel like we're going to need to do this as LinkedIn continues to grow, as yes. the HR profession continues to grow and understand their, their ability to utilize this platform. I feel like we're going to need to probably do another tutorial on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. We had, I think you're going to more in-depth in terms of a tutorial because actually... Yeah. I, I know for a fact that I will be doing a webinar on LinkedIn. Um, if not before the year ends, very soon into the new year. And I'm also, and it'll be two different ones because I, I know I'll be doing a, a webinar on social selling for insurance advisors, something specific I'm putting together. Right. But in, I'll also be doing a webinar for persons who just want to learn how to navigate and use LinkedIn. Yes. Like I'll be doing, I'll be doing a series of stuff on that that I'll be putting up pretty soon because I think, uh, as I say, a lot of people need it. And I, I, I want to help people navigate. I know the success people can get on this platform. Like, I keep seeing it. Like, every like it sounds bad. Like, anytime clients message me with success stories, I answer sarcastically. Like, it sounds bad. And that's only because they doubted me. Yes. Because I had clients who'd be like, Jared, you won't believe, like, the CEO of this company messaged me. Check me. What? You mean the advice I told you to do what? What? Wow. After I told you to do what? <laughs> you mean you mean you got a lead after you posted a video? What? <laughs> Tell me more. And they heard them saying, all right, Jared, all right. I was like, not all right. I was like, you could, you're supposed to do this two weeks ago when I told you to do it. Yeah. Like, think about the time lost. But at the end of the day, this is low-hanging fruit. And it's going to get crowded very soon. Yes. And when it gets crowded, you're probably going to have to pay to get the attention. Mm -hmm. Just like every other social media site. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, Jared. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I A M Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.